women just feel so burnt out. And sometimes this is like the straw that breaks the camel's back is like not getting help with the lunches, but there's actually 74 things below that that you're not getting help with. And so it's like, how do we at least take our first couple steps? I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We're hoping today is going to be a powerful episode because we are going to talk about the things that come up for women and Abby is going to use her life coaching knowledge to coach us through different ways to work through them. So I think most of you know by now, but Abby has gone through the University of Wisconsin's professional coaching degree in business and life coaching. We picked this program kind of together (laughs) because we're both so obsessed with like research and making sure that we're giving you guys the right information. And coaching is research based. Abby and I go back and forth because there's room for therapists Mm -hmm. and there's room for coaches. Mm -hmm. We believe in both. So just to make that very, very clear, but there's really easy things easy because like the concept is easy, but it's hard to put into practice. But there's easy things that women could do to help their mindset in lots of different areas. And today, we thought we would dive into that. Yeah, it it is practice. It's doing the same thing over and over again until it becomes habit. And then it becomes easier. It becomes just part of your life. And then you can manage your mind in ways that you're like, why wasn't I always doing it this way? This is how I should have been thinking all along. But as soon as you have the tools to do that, the skill set, the this is what's going to actually propel you forward, that's the time that you can actually propel yourself forward. So we'll go through a few of them. Um, I hired my first coach back when Lucy was brand new. And I remember I was going through the transition into motherhood and I wanted to shine in all my titles and I didn't feel like I could at that moment. I mean, motherhood's a huge transition. Like you bring on a whole nother human being, you bring on a whole nother title. And I remember hiring my first coach, just trying to figure out all those pieces and how they lined up. And I remember in those discussions, it was the first time that I realized how much mindset has an impact on our actions and our behaviors. And when we can impact our actions and behaviors, we can ultimately impact our life. So do we have control over everything? No, like absolutely not. No one's going to say that we have control over everything. However, when we have control over our mindset, we can change our perception of the exact same situation. So now I can look at the exact same situation. And when I'm in a coaching mindset, I don't do it perfectly every time, but when I'm in a coaching mindset, I can coach myself into thinking, okay, you can look at this situation in two different ways and the outcome will be very, very different depending on how you go into it. I knew very early on that at some point in my life, I wanted to learn how to coach others. And then, yeah, Amy and I, we had found this UW program. It's backed in research. It has one of the highest credentials in the coaching world. So it's through the International Coaching Federation, which the coaching world, I mean, you can literally go to like a weekend course and become a coach. Like that is definitely something you can do. I didn't want that route. I wanted something that I knew was going to be backed in research and that I could really, truly help people. But at the same time, I learned so much about myself during this nine-month curriculum that I am 
just coming to the end of right now. And when I say the end, there's still more hours to be part of. A lot of our Patreon community has been an awesome part in that. So thank you, patrons, for being part of that coaching degree and getting the hours in as I work towards credentialing. So today we thought that I would run through a few examples. We've talked about these beforehand so that Abby can kind of coach us through them. These are things that come up for a lot of different women. So the first one. Okay, I have this friend and she gets very, very overwhelmed by consuming motherhood on social media. Namely, it makes her feel like she isn't doing enough. All of a sudden, you know, she's scrolling and then she's thinking, oh my gosh, I should be spending more one-on-one time with each of my kids. I should be spending more time with my oldest since she's about to start school. I should be fill in whatever your blank is. You guys probably know what we're talking about. So I think women could spend their whole entire lives shooting themselves Mm -hmm. or should we reframe or find a mindset shift that might help us when we start to spiral down this? So Abby coaches through this one. Yeah, the shoulds. This is such a common one. And maybe it's not with motherhood. It comes up a lot of times in motherhood. We talk to women every single week about this one, but maybe it's in your job or like with your partner or you as an individual. Like, what else can I be doing? What more should I be doing? And you know the words that come into your mind. And in the coaching world, we call these gremlins, mean inner critic. I personally love the term saboteur. So I'll be using that one for this discussion today. So the words that your saboteur says, they can feel debilitating. Like, I get it. They can feel like that is a part of you that is speaking up. But your saboteur is only this tiny part of you that isn't actually the real you. And understanding what it is, we can slowly get rid of the saboteur for good, but it takes time. You know what I think the problem is, is that the saboteur, I like mean inner critic. Like I think that that one resonates with me. It's so loud for a lot of people. So even though it's small, it's like the one that's screaming. Mm Mm-hmm. And when it screams at you enough, you believe it yeah. because that's the thing that overpowers your entire mind. And sometimes it'll pop up with the same type of thing over and over again. So like you sit at your computer, you open up your email inbox and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing in this job? I can't do this. Or your kid starts screaming and you're like, I should have been a better mom. I should have done this. I should have spent more time with him. Then he wouldn't act this way. And it's like, that's not how the series of events actually works. So coaching yourself through to actually figure out the real situation is better in these situations. So saboteur, gremlin, your mean inner critic, use what you need to go through this next exercise. So first of all, just take a deep breath. You might be driving, you might be out for a walk, you might be doing dishes, just take a deep breath. And this is the part that gets a little bit painful. So when you think about your mean inner critic, your gremlin, your saboteur, when it starts to speak, what does it say? Like these are cruel words. These are words that are not comfortable. But like Amy said, they sometimes can scream. So you know what they're saying. You may start to believe some of these words, but know that these phrases, these words, they simply aren't true. And as a next step, what does this saboteur look like? And this might be a funny one. You might be like, Abby, what do you mean? But we really just got to picture what it looks like. So some of my coaching clients, it looks like a black blob just drawn on a screen. Maybe it's you, but just a mangled version of you. Maybe it's an actual troll type looking thing. 
I had a powerful coaching session just this last week with one of our Patreon members and hers looked like shadows against a wall and the shadows would get bigger and bigger and bigger every time those mean words would start to come up. And then does this saboteur have a name? You can just name it something random like Michael, for instance. Mine was called Anxious Abby for a very long time. But when you can picture what it looks like and name it, you can understand that it's not you. So identifying that it's just this tiny part of you that you are able to get rid of with practice. But also know that the saboteur, they serve you in some aspect of life. Like saboteurs, mean inner critics, gremlins, they are part of your life because they keep you safe, they keep you comfortable, and they probably have served you in some point. Maybe it was to not put your foot in your mouth when you, or not to say weird things when you were out and about. Maybe it was, you know, to keep you and your kids safe at some point. Maybe it was to keep you in a job that was paying good money and not let you move forward. But the issue is, is that if you aren't moving forward because you simply don't want to fail, you don't want to make mistakes, you don't want to do something wrong, you're never going to reach your potential. And that's what your saboteur wants you to do. He wants you to stay safe. And at the same time, you can't reach the best version of yourself. So we know what this thing looks like. We know what the name is. We know what it's saying to you. Now imagine your most confident self. Like who does she show up as? What does she look like? Is she standing a little bit taller? Does she have a more vibrant voice? I mean, even down to like, what does her hair look like? What does her outfit look like? Like get really, really specific. When she walks into a room, what do other people notice about her? How does this most confident version of yourself feel? What is the type of energy that she brings to her family, to her friends, just to herself? And when that saboteur is saying those mean, cruel things, what does the most confident version of you say? And when you say those things, as that confident version of you, what happens to the saboteur? So obviously, this can take a lot more time than just, you know, a five minute quick visualization in a podcast. But I remember just last week with the individual who had the shadows cast against the wall, when she would say those things, it was almost like the sun was coming out and the shadows would start to disappear slower and slower and slower until the shadows were no longer there and the light was there. So just thinking about the things that you can pull into your life that bring light, bring energy, bring that confidence, bring the vibrance, bring whatever it is that you want to show up as, those are the pieces that you need to chime in with when that saboteur can be screaming so loudly. Okay, so if we go back to our original example and the woman is saying, I should be spending more one-on-one time with each of my kids. I have to spend more time with my oldest. She is about to go to school and I am not going to be able to see her as much. What would you have her start to say? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously she'll come up with her own things, but I think people to contextualize, they just need more examples. Yeah. So focusing one thing that your most confident version of yourself could focus in on instead is all the time you are spending with. It's easy as parents to think about the things we're not doing, right? But think about the time that you are spending with them and focusing in on that. And when you start to do that, sometimes your mind opens up to other opportunities that you have. I mean, Amy, you and I have talked about this where it's like instead of having a planned date with our kids, it's like, oh, I'm going to the store. We know he loves going to the store. We'll pull it in with some ice cream afterwards. So by opening up your mind to like the things that you are doing well, great starting point right there. In the coaching world, it's also hard because like what I can say to myself is going to be different than what you're going to say to yourself. But like think about the things that like really, truly mean something to you and just 
reframe it with that positive spin. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I think focusing just on what you're doing wrong is a really hard exercise. You really have to also start thinking about the things that you're doing right. Mm-hmm. And that's with the saboteur exercise. You have to do both parts. Yeah, yeah. Like if you just stop at the, I'm terrible, I'm doing this wrong, this isn't right. If you just stop there, you're going to bring that energy into the rest of your day. Like that yeah. doesn't serve anybody. So backing it up with the most confident version of yourself exercise, those two play really well together. Okay, a quick break from our partner, Gooder. The sun is finally freaking shining in Wisconsin, so we are going to need shades. Abby and I love gooders because we are able to wear them no matter what we're doing. Whether you're running, they're bounce-free, on the boat, they're polarized, you know, just momming. Whatever you need to do in the sun, gooders will have your back. The nice thing about this company is they're always up to something fun. Right now, they have glasses of the gods. You can go check that collection out. They definitely have a vibe and you can find yours. As you guys know, I am just a very plain girl. I just like my basic styles. So you're always going to find me in like a Bosley's Basset Hound Dreams or a back nine blackout. I like to keep it simple, but if you like it spicy, there are plenty of options over at gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com. And you can use Herself 15 for 15% off your first order. So head to gooder.com and use Herself 15 for 15% off your first order. Okay. So another thing that Abby and I really wanted to cover because we've been having a ton of conversations about it lately is friendship. So friendships can get really hard at this time in our lives. And we've talked about this before. You know, most of us are moms to little kids. So a ton of our time is already accounted for. Mm Then another value for a lot of people listening is that we want to nourish our partnerships. But here at Herself, we really deeply believe in the value of friendship. And I think because our time is so squeezed when we become parents, we start to think, am I in the right friendships? Am I using my time away from my family to the best of my ability? And I think... I know a lot of our community wrestles with that because they'll submit it when we Mm -hmm. ask them questions on our community share day. So I wanted to go through what would be some really helpful reminders if people are having a change in friendship, because this is another place where I think women can really start to shame ourselves. You know, we're looking at this friendship, things aren't going the way we want it to, or we can tell it's just, it's not going to work out. And then we automatically start to think, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And it's like a relationship. There's two people in it. We can't always take full blame, but a lot of us do, or we feel really bad about ourselves if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So unlike the last exercise, because I can't name your saboteur, but what I can do is name some reframes that can help you walk through these. So this one hits home. Like I I get it. Navigating friendships as an adult, it's really, really hard. And one of the key components in coaching is to focus on the person and not the problem. 
and distinguishing between both of those. And as humans, we generally focus on the problem. It's easier for us to find a solution about the friendship breakup. You know, that's the front and center focus, but instead focus on you as an individual within that situation. Mm. So these are some objections that have come in from our Community Tuesdays and just from DMs that I have seen. So there's obviously so many objections that will come up with this one. But one thing that we hear is, like, I just feel so bad. We've been friends for so long. I just can't say goodbye. We have so much history. And as a reframe, first of all, you're human. Like you have a human capacity, you have a human brain, and you also only have one lifetime. And by staying stuck in anything, whether it's a friendship, a career, even just a habit, simply put, it's not worth it. And friendships are things that can serve in a season or even multiple seasons. And that's a beautiful thing about friendships. But staying just because that's how it's always been I mean, I would relate that to like riding a bike with training wheels just because that's all you've ever known. (laughs) But sometimes you need to remove the training wheels to understand how incredible the ride can feel without them. And that's the same thing with friendships is that sometimes we stay in them just because it's always what we've known. And that's not the reason to stay in that friendship. Subjection two that we hear is, well, you know what, Abby, Amy, it doesn't take up that much time. Maybe I should just keep on going because it'd be more awkward to end it. And I feel this one to my soul. (laughs) Um, I have said that lie to myself for so many years with friendships that I was just trying to hold on to because, and you know, it doesn't take up that much time. But when you have 20 of those, yeah, that takes up a lot of time. So as a reframe, even the little bit of energy that you're putting into that relationship, that's energy that could be used to propel other relationships forward, relationships that have more meaning to you, making those ones front and center and really just having those be bigger and better in your life. You're spending valuable energy trying to keep something afloat that simply isn't serving either of you. And then as a third objection, final objection here, you know, Abby, Amy, this friendship just means so much to them. I need to do it for them. And as a reframe, if you're not showing up authentically, This is a disservice to that person. Like it's a lie. And although it may feel like you could act in this way for a while, it's definitely not something that you can maintain for life. And also, I want to have some tough love here. If you have this mentality, I'm guessing that you're not showing up for yourself in other parts of your life too. Like trying to please others while you crumble, that is not how life is meant to be lived. And I can promise you that a true friend, they wouldn't want that for you either. You know what I hear all the time from our community is... I put all the effort in, like I put Mm -hmm. all the effort into our friendship. She's never reaching out. She's never making plans. You know, sometimes she's canceling our plans for better plans. What would you say to that? I mean, that's the energy that you could be putting towards a different relationship completely. I mean, think about that. Like, think about the energy they're putting into it. Is that serving you? Like, are you feeling good in that relationship? Is that what you want out of that relationship? Because chances are, I mean, this is more tough love. Do they want to be in the relationship? Like if you're actually giving all your energy away and you keep on doing it, maybe they're trying to have a very nice goodbye without trying to create this big, huge explosion. And maybe it'd be better for you and that relationship to also just peacefully do the same. It's really crazy because I remember like when I was younger, I thought that everything needed like a conversation or a closure. And you and I have been working on, and Nedra Tawab said Mm -hmm. this on our podcast, Mm -hmm. like, you don't necessarily need to have this big breakup. Like it is okay sometimes to let things, you know, fizzle out because if you've known the person for a long time, 
and you've tried to have these conversations before and they haven't gone well, I don't know. I just get this feeling, this knowing of like, what I say isn't going to land. It's going to become this defensive, like, you know, fight. And so it almost feels better to let the ship go to sea. And Dr. Marissa Franco says the same thing too. So Nedra Tawab, Dr. Marissa Franco. We've got Franco, the professionals guys, on record. <laughs> they have both been on our podcast. So you guys can listen to those podcast episodes. And also if there's more objections that pop up, but if you need more, I can do this. I can do it for this reason. Listen to us, obviously. And then also listen to the professionals. Like they have expertise in friendship specifically. Yeah. And they are saying that as well. So you can feel better about that decision, about that action, even if it feels uncomfortable as a woman in this society. Amy and I are so excited about our new sponsor, which is Little Love Baby and Children's Boutique in Kohler, Wisconsin, the best place to find all the most adorable items for the littles in your life. The owner, Kaya, opened this boutique in 2020 in the midst of years of her own fertility struggles. The vision of the boutique is beautiful. Every cuddle, every laugh, every smile is our greatest gift. Little Love offers high-quality apparel from newborn through kids size 8. They offer accessories and toys. They also carry diaper bags, the best swimwear year-round, and unique gift items. They offer a personalized shopping experience in-store with one-on-one assistance and over DM on Instagram. Kaya is super responsive and puts together the most adorable gifts, saving you precious time and energy. You can find all the adorable things for the little ones in your life at Little Love Baby and Children's Boutique in Kohler, Wisconsin, and online at www.littlelovekohler.com. You can go over to Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Kohler. And we're also excited to provide a 10% discount code exclusively to the Herself podcast listeners. That code is Herself10. We'll make sure to include all of these links in our show notes. But again, that's Little Love Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R dot com and use code HERSELF10. Okay, so the last one that I really wanted to bring up today, and if you go back to our Cara Lowenthal episode, which she is a master life coach mm-hmm. as well, is this idea of a lot of people with their partner are constantly like silently arguing in their head with them. Like the person like Drew doesn't even know that I'm getting so steamed because I had to pack all the lunches. I had to get the boys ready. I had to do every single thing. And I watched him just easily go throughout his morning. You know, he gets home from the gym. He has his little snacky. He takes a shower. He does this. Like I just can see him having this leisurely morning And I don't have the same. So maybe it's not the morning routine for a lot of couples, but there is that piece of couplehood, especially if you have kids where you're watching your partner have a much easier time than you're having. And you're essentially like getting very resentful because you might not be speaking it. Mm -hmm. You're swallowing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And that just never really helps. So can you help us with a reframe? Or a way to like start to move forward in that piece of it. Yeah. And that one starts with a question to yourself. So are you actually mad that Drew isn't doing this thing? Or is it because your needs aren't being met in that moment? Like, are you mad at him and his actions? Are you mad that he's not helping, supporting, doing the thing that would help you 
feel better in that. Yeah. And that's like how Kara coached me. And I was like, no, I actually, I'm mad that he's so unaware and he has like no pulse for anything going on in the house. Yep. And in my head, I'm just like, how do you not see all of the stuff? Like you just see your path, your morning. We have three kids. So I see four people's paths, mine and all the kids. And so the fact that he just sees his is very frustrating. Completely frustrating. But you being angry at him not being aware, how does that help your situation? Well, I did have a really nice chat with him. I'm like, Drew, you have to do more. This is too much for me. This is not appropriate. So I need you to step up, especially on Friday mornings. I need you to pack lunches. And and then he did it the next week. So this is the part in coaching where I don't want people to just get like coached that their mindset needs to change. It's right. like, no, I needed Drew to step up, period. Mm-hmm. And then I communicated that and it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's like the daily types of things or the frequent types of things. If you're continuing to get into this position where you're feeling resentful, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling unsupported, that's a conversation. Yeah. Like that's not a mindset shift. Sure, you can have a mindset of being like, oh, yeah. he's doing so much over here. And at the same time, your perception is going to continue to like dig yourselves into a deeper hole. And I get it right. I see the same thing with Colin, where the lack of awareness, like, how can you not see this? How can you not see this part of it? It's literally their socialization. Yeah. Like, you guys know on this podcast, we are not men bashing. We are not husband bashing. But these things are proven. It's Mm -hmm. just it's researched. Men lack that awareness of other people. And like if I was in the Greens household, it would be so easy for me to see Abby getting huffed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason, Colin misses it. And then he does the next thing. And then it's like, OK, you can't even tell I'm stressed. Like what is going on? So but also, OK, how are we going to get to a place where we are fixing this problem? Because I think a lot of people stay in the place where they're very frustrated with their husband or partner they are just, it's like a ticking time bomb. And then they explode. Anger's not bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the explosion helps. But then the woman, too, can feel bad about the explosion. And so it's like, how are we going to get anywhere? Because then it's just cyclical. So for me and my family, I was like, I have to get off that. Like, that can't be how we operate. So now it's very much a conversation. So the crazy Friday morning happened last week. That same day, I had two times with Drew that I revisited. I think women think of that as nagging. I don't. I'm like, I have to have this conversation just as I would with an employee. Mm -hmm. Here's what's going on. Here's how I'm feeling about it. Here's where I see a change needing to happen. Drew loves when I come with a solution. That's how his mind works. That's who he is. He's like, you know, you can bring all the complaints in the world, but like, what can I do to help or what can I do to change this? When I say it in the moment, there is more of a defensiveness. So in the moment, I'm already mad. And then I probably say it in a way that makes him defensive. And then he says, do you know everything I do for this house? And then it's it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. But 
bringing it to him twice in a calm way. And I just, the second time I was like, I just want to loop back around because I just know that this isn't working for me. I have to start my Friday mornings so stressed and just overwhelmed. I'm not willing to do that every single Friday. I'm not willing to swallow this. I need help. I need a change. So I think it's that what do you need as a woman? And that's what this whole episode is essentially about. Like, what do you need? What can the change be? How can we get out of like shaming ourselves for the change? And if you need help with three questions to ask yourself heading into those conversations, because like you said, if you bring it up in the moment when you're already high energy, when you're already so steamed, it can come across in the wrong way. So the very, very first question I would ask yourself is, what about this is important to me? Like, What about Drew making lunches, Colin putting the dishes into the dishwasher instead of into the sink? What about the situation is important to you? Like first question. Number two, what do you want to focus on in this conversation? Because you can't bring up you know, you don't drop off the kids enough. Dinner's not ready at the right time. You haven't helped out with this. You can't bring up every single thing. So what yeah. do you want to focus on in this conversation? And then number three, what do you want to be different at the end of the conversation? So right away, knowing what you want as an outcome with it, do you want to feel less overwhelmed because you have a plan in place? Do you want to feel like you are more heard in the conversation? Like that's a little bit less tangible. It's a little bit harder So you have to decipher that for yourself. But what do you want out of the conversation in order for your life to look and be different? And if you can ask yourselves those three questions heading into it, it just tees it up a little bit easier. Here's what I love is we've had authors on the podcast. We had Jancy Dunn, Mm -hmm. (laughs) author of How Not to Hate My Husband After Kids. We had Eve Rotsky, author of Fair Play and now Unicorn Space. I love taking plays out of everyone's playbooks. So when I see coaching or when I see an author's strategy, when I see research, it's like you probably can't plug every single thing in and change everything at once. But where can you today take these prompts and either put them into your relationship, put them into a friendship you know, put them into your own mind for how you're going to treat yourself when you're starting to go down that motherhood shame spiral. It's like, we have to be able to see how there's going to be movement forward, especially if you're in a place. And just being with this community, because we're in the DMs, we are having our community Tuesday, we're doing all of these things. And one thing is, is women just feel so burnt out and sometimes this is like the straw that breaks the camel's back is like not getting help with the lunches, but there's actually 74 things below that that you're not getting help with. And so it's like, how do we at least take our first couple steps? So hopefully after today, you have a few coaching prompts, a few tangible reframes, and then that exercise at the beginning to really get you out of your own head when the inner critic starts chiming in. And we know that these things can stream. Like we know that these things can feel so heavy, but by taking the little steps and making them more of a habit, that's where we hope that tomorrow is going to be just a little bit easier than you are today. So if any of this resonated, we would love if you shared in your Instagram story, which one of these hit home the most, either the visualizations or reframes or the conversation that you need to have with your partner. We love seeing what hits home the most. 